0: This principle of success is called the Mastermind Principle. The the, the, the Mastermind Your Life Podcast. Podcast. If you're wanting to realize your ideas, goals, and dreams, and on the journey of masterminding your life, it's time for the podcast made just for you. This is the Mastermind Your Life Podcast. With Tolu Owoyimi. Owoyimi what's going on my masterminders welcome to another episode of mastermind your life we got taydana Nagel, in the house ceo of legendary wealth builders teaching you guys about the stock market about portfolios about management and also advanced investing strategies taydana welcome to the show
1: thank you for having me i'm really excited to be here hello everyone
0: (laughs) definitely definitely investing you know i feel like it's such a powerful tool but very, very few people understand it, um, and even fewer in our community. Um, but what is investing? You know, especially when you talk about like where you're focused in. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: So event, investing is essentially you putting your money into something with the objective of it growing and making more money, right? So that's the, the reason that we invest. And you can invest in many different things, right? You can invest in a business. Like we have our own business. We're in business so we could eventually like You know, make more money. You can invest in real estate, right? You can invest in Airbnb. You can invest in the stock market. So the stock market is just another tool that you can invest in. So that's what I teach like a lot of other high achievers and like you said, our community, how to get started investing in the stock market without it feeling like so intimidating or for other people, not for us. Wow.
0: So you know, there's so many different financial terms that I think it confuses people. They're like, oh, 401 k Roth IRA, right, something like HSA, plan. They're like, all right, whatever. Like, I'm just going to ignore everything. And why do you think there's so much confusion around, like, the investing world?
1: I think because, you know, the the powers that be, the investing professionals, make it sound confusing. Right? They make it mm-hmm. sound confusing and they use all this investing jargon and all of these terms And we're like, eh, that sounds a little too complicated. That sounds over my head. And then we kind of just ignore it. But at the end of the day, it's really about having an account, right? Whether it's a 401k, whether it's an IRA, whether it's a TSP, whether it's a brokerage account, they're all an account. They're just an account where you house your investments. So we don't have to think about it. Well, what kind of account should I have? Should I do this? Should I do that? The account is the same. The only difference is how the IRS looks at this account right whether you're going to get taxed now or you're going to get taxed later but the account is the same and it's pretty much just a vehicle for you to buy investments in different types of investments so I think it's just pretty much understanding that the account is the same it's just you're going to put investments inside of it instead of just actual just money right like a checking or a savings account you're going to put investments you're going to buy investments and that investment is going to grow and essentially make you more money over time
0: now i think one term that's kind of like a household name is the 401k do you from even what i'm hearing from you does it kind of like make more sense whereby what one should do is focus maybe just investing in the stock market and kind of skipping the uh 401k plan especially maybe if there's no like employer major benefits to it like what are your thoughts on that
1: So if you have a job that offers a 401k, I would always say opt into that, Um, and especially to your point if they're matching you to some certain percentage, because it's essentially like free money, right? It's kind of like if you had a parent that was saying, if you put $10 of your money, into a savings account, I'm gonna put ten more dollars too. So what not you, <laughs> what are you put in as much as they're gonna put in? Cause you're like, all right, well if I put in ten, you're gonna put in ten. If I put in twenty, you're gonna put in twenty. So it doesn't behoove you to not put in anything, right? So if your job is offering it, I would say absolutely take it, especially if they're matching because it's free money. But not everyone has a job that's offering it, right? Um, so if you don't have a job that's offering it, you don't have to feel like, oh well, I don't have a 401. you could open up an IRA which is an individual retirement account and you can open that up on your own you don't have to have an employee to open that up or you can open just a plain basic brokerage account which has no Mm. limitations like a retirement account does, right? So a retirement account and a 401k and a TSP, which is a thrift savings plan, like if you work for the government, the whole point is for that money to be there when you retire. So you have tax benefits, that's not taxing the money for you because it's giving you incentives that put it in there so you have it when you retire, right? But that's for the people who's gonna, you know, hold it into their 59 and a half. But for those of us who's like, listen, i'm trying to be on a fast track i'll try to you know retire early you can just have a a, tradi- a regular brokerage account and there is no limitations on how much money you can put in and how much money you can take out
0: wow that's super incredible um tell us about the background or like even before we get to the app uh background the upbringing about What even got you, was finance something that you wanted to get into from a young age? Were your parents entrepreneurs and that kind of got you into this journey? Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Finance is definitely not something that it was like a lifelong childhood dream of mine. Truth be told, I wanted to be an actress, right? (laughs) I think I got like, no, I think I got the spark. I think I got the personality. (laughs) My, My parents were like, um no you know how many struggling actresses there are you know how many struggling actors there are you better go to school get your degree so i was like okay so i I can't apply for these ivy league acting schools (laughs) so instead i you know i went to school and i thought well what could I major in that's gonna cause me to make money, right? Because that's what my parents were concerned about. I need to get a job that's gonna cause me to make money. So I was like, All right, finance. At first, I was like, Computer science, right? That, that was my first thought. And I was like, Um, I, I don't know if I'm about that technical computer science life, but that was my first thought computer science or finance. And so I got into, you know, financial economics as my major because I, you know, I'm pretty good at math. And so that, that's what I majored in, right? I got out, I got a job working at Morgan Stanley. So I've been working like literally straight out of college at some of the biggest investment banks in the country. But I was kind of like, all right, I did what y'all told me to do, right? I got out, I, I got my degree, I'm working in these top companies, I'm making good money, but I don't really like this, <laughs> I really like this wow. life. I don't really like this hustle culture. I don't really mm. work, like working 60 hours a week. Sure, I like the money, but I'm like, I'm not. Th- this ain't it, y'all. Like, <laughs> I do what y'all told me to do, but this ain't it. And especially after, you know, I became a mom and I started having a family, it, it was just like i'm supposed to do this until how long until i'm (laughs) until i'm 65 and then i literally quit like i quit my job with like no plan b no plan a which was crazy right i had two kids and i was a single mom and i was just like I can't do this no more (laughs) like this this is it this is this is not the life that i wanted to live but granted i was very financially savvy i already had like multi six figure net worth but i just didn't have a plan b i was just like i'm just leaving this right here's my two weeks they're like oh where are you going what company are you going to i'm just like I'm not going to another company. So I really kind of had to evaluate like what's next? What am I going to do next? So I'm like, you know what? I'm good with talking to people. A lot of my friends are always asking me to teach them about finance, teach them about managing their money. And it was kind of like second nature to me. So I didn't even realize it was a skill. Right. It was just kind of like, okay, well, I'm good at this. So then I started thinking, like, well, can I monetize this? Can I be like a teacher? Can I teach people how to manage their money? And that's kind of where my business came about because I, we, you know, I had friends, we're all making good money, but when it's time to go on vacation, you don't never have nothing when it's time to do something you will never have anything and i'm like how are we making all this money and y'all got no money what's going on so like i said i even though i was making good money i also had like a a, a six-figure net worth because i knew how to manage my money um so i'm like okay well this is something that people aren't taught we're just taught to like look flashy right we're spending all our money and i was saving and investing my money um so i'm like okay i'm gonna teach this And I literally started my business kind of like a little bit before the pandemic um, because I resigned from my job in 2018. And then I started seeing people really asking me about investing. And then that's when I kind of pivoted a little bit even more. And I was like, well, I could teach people how to invest, right? And then I was also trading. So I started trading as another way to like make more income as I was kind of like getting my business off the ground. So then I kind of incorporated all of that (laughs) into my business and teaching people about managing their money, teaching people about finances, teaching people how to make their money, make more money, right? And so it all became like, Part of the brand, part of the business.
0: Yeah, and then and I'm still think, here, right? You know, this, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this 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 explosion. I, what they call it, like the Great Resign or something like that. that's like, the a lot Great of Resignation. The resignation, exactly, and. uh you're seeing it more and more you know you can build a community you can go online you can take the knowledge and value and it, it, it's interesting to see how the world is even going to evolve in the next like 10-15 years with you know the online education space and people not necessarily wanting to go into a brick and mortar and sit down and you know people want more of that freedom um yeah. when you were making that transition right from brick and mortar. Uh, Morgan and Stanley uh, being in that physical location, you were like, you know what, this is not it. It's time to go, you know, fear the seas and see what I can go and create. What, how was that original trans? Did you look at Instagram and say, okay, I'm gonna go on here and I'm gonna talk to people about money? Or were you thinking, like, do I go on YouTube? Do I start that? Do I, do I go on Pinterest? What were you thinking when you first, during that transitionary period?
1: I think when you first start as a business owner, especially I'm like first generation business owner, right? I was first generation college graduate, first generation business owner. I didn't have anyone to look to, to tell me how to do this. Everyone just thought I was crazy, right? My parents are like, why don't you just go get a job? (laughs) Why don't you just go get another job? So at the time when I started, it was before the pandemic. So I was teaching people in person. I was like um, renting out places and having live classes. I was going into school and doing live classes and then the pandemic hit and i was like oh what am i supposed to do now <laughs> right like mm. everything's closed the kids are stuck in the house with me how do i get the message out now and that's kind of when i really started to kind of hit social media and kind of see what other people were doing and then i had to reevaluate something mm. i had to you know that's when zoom started getting popping right i was like okay i'm gonna get me a zoom account I'm gonna create an online curriculum and then I kinda had to pivot for a bit. So things that I, you know, I had actual handouts and I had the PowerPoint presentation. So now I had to think about how do I create this as like a curriculum that I can teach people online. So then I had to spend some time creating a curriculum. Like, okay, so this is what I can teach. This is what I can incorporate. This could be lesson one. This could be lesson two. This could be lesson three. And then really kind of find my people. So it definitely was like a learning curve. And I, I used social media to kind of get people and also learn from other business owners how they were putting themselves out there. Because prior to the pandemic, I didn't think about having an online program. I was, you know, I was, I guess, grassroots. I was I was hitting the streets. I was up in schools i was having you know hosting classes live but then i had to pivot because the times had changed and now i feel like i'm able to do what i want to do anywhere right as long as i have an internet connection i can just get the message out
0: awesome amazing now you know when it comes to money and finances you know it's one of those areas whereby I don't feel like it's talked enough about and really thoroughly examined. It it feels like it's more like I've noticed one thing uh, as a business owner. You know, whenever you know I ask people for money or you know list my pricing or something like that, there's always a little bit of that uh, like emotion. I, I what do you think about like money and like emotional like how we as human beings like the value. That we place on money or the importance of money, and what from what you've seen?
1: I think money is very emotional, right? And a lot of people don't talk about it in households. And luckily for me, my mom always talked to me about money like she always told me the importance of saving she always told me the importance of having my own money she always taught me the importance of living below my means so it's something she always instilled in me so i've never feel like i had this lack mentality even when i first stopped working and i literally didn't have an income right for a while i didn't have an income because i stopped working i never felt like oh, I'm poor now, I don't have any money because I don't have an income. I just always felt like, the money's going to come, right? Like I just have a wealth mindset. There's no way I'm not going to be okay. There's no way I'm going to allow myself to, you know, be broke or not homeless. I just always feel like it's going to be there. I didn't stop going on vacations. I didn't stop taking my kids places. I, I like, I went from making, you know, 80, $90,000 a year to nothing a year because I quit my job. But I feel like my mindset was always like the money's is out there. It's going to come. I see too many people... Making all this money. Why do I think that I'm gonna be poor now? Why do I think I'm gonna be broke? Mm. Granted I had to like shift some stuff, but my mindset was always like the money's always out there. I can always earn more money. I can always get money. So I never had like that lack mentality. And then I see people who, you know, make a lot of money and they do have that lack mentality. Like they have to hoard it and hold on. I I see people who can make six figures a year but don't have six figures. Like you made six figures but you didn't hold on to any of it. So it's like, it's definitely a mindset and it's a reprogramming of your mind and it's hard. Because we grow up kind of hoarding it, feeling like, um, you know, they got to spend it because you don't know when the next one is coming. <laughs> I have to spend it all now because I don't know when I'm going to get any more. And I kind of just never think that way. And I think mm. it kind of if you have that lack mentality, I almost feel like it's a kind of you, you're attracting that right it's like you're attracting that kind of negative energy and i kind of really believe in like what you're putting out I, i always feel like there's more than enough even though there's so many people that don't even have enough But I always still feel like there's more than enough. There's more than enough money out there. Like whatever it is that I need to do, I can do as long as I believe that I can do it. And then I work towards it. So I don't just kind of like sit on my butt and say there's enough money out there. It's going to find me. (laughs) It's like I put out the energy, but I'm like, there's no reason I can't earn this. There's no reason I can't put out this and someone will pay me for it. There's no reason I can't go for this contract and get it. And I've even done like pitch competitions, right? Like business pitch competitions competitions and and went out and won money so it's like you know I've done things I've applied for grants I've applied for competitions and I won because I feel like I believe is out there to get and I'm going to put in the work and get it as opposed to like well that's not for me more than likely I can't get it that's really rare that's going to happen that's only for other people so I just try never to think that way.
0: Mmm, Powerful. Uh, You know as you put yourself out there, especially social media, you never know who you're going to come across. Um, For example, you didn't know, I'll reach out and be like, hey, Tadana, we want you on the podcast. (laughs) But um, when people come to you, typically, what's the first set of questions that they have? Like, hey, Tadana, can you explain this? Or what about this? What, What do you see over and over again?
1: Most often people are asking like, well, how do I start? Like, how do I get started investing and what do I invest in, right? Those are kind of like the top questions. And it's super, super simple to get started. You're literally gonna decide what kind of account you wanna open up. Like we opened up with, right? There are several different kind of accounts, but at the end of the day, you don't have to get super caught up with those different accounts because they're the same thing right it's just whether you could touch your money now or you can touch your money later <laughs> and then Which it's pretty you much you know
0: so Which you i think you, that they you should touch have money now or both? later
1: i think you should have both like i think you should have a tax advantage account which is a 401k or ira or tsp right so it's tax advantage because the irs is giving you benefits of not taxing it until you're ready to retire so that's great but for those of us like me like you who are entrepreneurs and we're like okay well how do i get this money now (laughs) right i don't have an employer
0: let me actually quick so tax advantage right it means that that you can basically put all that money in and the IRS will not tax it. however when you retire they then tax it so if that's the case what's the benefit how is that a benefit if you is it because the tax rate may be lower then so or is it because the money is allowed to accumulate so much that when it is taxed that the differential uh addition of it being taxed later because you know the interest it will accumulate so it would have accumulated so much that it makes sense explain that
1: so a lot of people believe that we'll make the most money that we're making as we're working and we're no when we're no longer working like we'll be in a lower tax bracket right so say for example for me when I was working, (laughs) right? When I was making a certain amount of money at my employer, I'm at a higher tax bracket. As right now as an entrepreneur, I'm not at that same high tax bracket. So if I was, you know, I I guess I could consider myself retired, but my money is being taxed at the income that I make right now. So if I'm making $50,000 a year, I'm being taxed at $50,000 a year. And usually when we retire, we're not making, the same income we're making a lower income which means we're going to be taxed at a lower tax rate compared than we were when we were like getting fully employed um so a lot of people think it's in their best interest to wait until they retire and they get taxed on that tax rate then when they're when their only income is 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 now like a social security or a pension which is probably lower than what they were making when they were gainfully employed. And so you're only getting taxed at that tax rate.
0: Wow. Incredible. Uh, And, you know, there's a lot of these things that you look at these terms, but you really don't know. So uh, So that's why I try
1: to... Break it down (laughs) For it to like make sense And it's not like this complicated Financial jargon Um, Because a lot of I think a lot of professionals that you may go to Just make it sound complicated Where I try to break it down Like you know speak regular English Regular how we talk
0: Yeah Um, Misconceptions You know I think in any industry That you're in you know, people always come in, they're like, hey Donna I think it should be like this, this, this. And you're like, whoa, where did you get all that from? No, who said that? So, you know, being able to take a look at all these individuals, what are the common misconceptions? Or like, you know, they believe something strongly. And you're like, no, that's uh, very incorrect. And if you follow that route, <laughs> you're going to end up uh, going backwards.
1: I think a very big misconception which is my point of view and a lot of people may disagree is that essentially you can't time the market so a lot of people Mm. really advise against trading they tell you don't trade what you want to do is you want to buy and hold you want to hold on to it for 50 11 years and wait till you retire and then that's the only time you're ever going to touch your investments don't even look at it just buy it close your eyes wait till you retire and <laughs> take your money out and it does not have to be that way it's like since i've resigned i've become an active trader and i literally still have my retirement account but my retirement account is maybe like a double digit rate of return, while my brokerage account, the account that I trade from, is a triple digit rate of return. So I can make my money grow so much faster by trading than I was by buying and holding. But I think since a lot of people don't understand how to pick a stock, how to do the research, how to read a stock chart, it's so much easier to say, just buy and hold it. Don't ever look at it again. Don't pay attention to what's going on. Wait till you retire and then take that money out. And hopefully, you'll have a lot of it. Wow. Okay. That's fine if that's what you want to do. But if you want to make your money grow faster, know that you can do that too with trading.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, the whole thing with uh, trading or the um, stock market is something that is very uh it almost seems kind of like dangerous you know oh my god i they lost all their money in this trade it seems like there's more of that uh willingness to go with the stock market hey you know just put your money in there you know the average rate of return is 7.6 over time you know it's going to compound interest so it seems like the masses are more comfortable with knowing hey look just put your money in the stock market, you know, let it, you know, don't touch it. Uh, over time is eventually going to grow. Uh, and then it's like trading and they're like, whoa, what do you mean trading? But I love the fact that you like, you just mentioned the brokerage, you know, uh, triple digit, you know, growth compared to the uh, regular accounts. Um, what is trading? Like, how does that even work?
1: So trading is essentially buying and holding. Not buying and holding. Trading is essentially buying and selling, right? So in terms of traditional investing when you're buying and holding, trading is like buying and selling, right? So I usually tell people, I like to compare it to marriage versus dating. So when you're an investor, the main goal is to buy and hold just like marriage when you get married like your main goal is we we in here for a long time till so death do us part right we going to be together 20 30 40 years just like when you buy and hold but when you're a trader to me is like dating you're not in here for a long time you're in here for a good time so we're looking to pick stocks at the right price and we're only in here for traders could trade from like a few hours right day trading to a few days to weeks so i don't day trade I'm not in position for a few hours. I'm usually in it to from a few days to a few weeks, but I'm in and out of position. So I could buy something, say for a thousand dollars, and make two thousand dollars within two three days, and then I'm out. Whereas it would take longer for your money to compound that way in a traditional account. And it's I feel like the same thing with real estate, right? There are people who say you could buy a house and you can get a tenant and you can hold that tenant in there and you could just rent forever. And there are some people that say, I'm gonna buy a house and I'm gonna flip it. So I feel like it's only a perspective. It's whatever you feel comfortable doing. Is trading a little bit more risky? It is a little bit more risky because there is the assumption that you could be wrong about the direction that the stock Mm -hmm. was going. Your long-term account, you could be wrong too. But the only difference is you weather it out until the storm changes, right? Your stock goes down in your long-term portfolio too. But you just hold it, right? The thing is, don't look at it, just hold it until it comes back up. Whereas with trading, it's like, since you're in there quickly, if something goes down, you don't want to keep holding it going down for days and days and days and days. You want to get rid of it because it's going down. So I think that's why people think it's more riskier because you can lose money, but you can lose money in your long-term too. (laughs) It's just you're holding out until it goes back up. So I think it's just kind of the misconception of it's risky you can lose your money but you can also make a lot of money you just need to understand what you're looking at and how to do the research it's not just kind of like uh, a slot machine right you just put your money in there pull down the lever and wish for the best you are looking for certain things you are doing your research you are looking at stock charts you are looking at some of the indicators of the company so it's just it's just a matter of understanding that and i think once you understand what you're looking for you're more of an informed investor or trader and it's not that you're gambling now
0: exactly i think one thing that's um fascinating is the the whole concept of um stocks you know uh, to those that don't know what is a stock
1: So a a stock is just pretty much ownership within a company, right? We have all of these different companies on a stock market, like say for example, Walmart, right? So Walmart is a company and Walmart Is giving out pieces of their companies to shareholders and the reason that they're doing this is because they're pretty much trying to get money for their company right to fund their businesses to fund their operations so for for most of us right when you start off the only way you can get money is to get a loan (laughs) right but a loan is money you have to pay back it's not free money you have to give that money back well, when a company has reached a certain qualification right to be on the stock market you can give out ownership now within your company so now it's not a loan you don't have to give that money back people are now buying you buying into your company for a fraction of it for a fraction of the ownership and because of that that means they get to benefit when the company is profitable they get the benefit when the share price is going up right so the stock is just owning a portion of a company having some equity into a company
0: so once when I purchase a stock of Walmart The Walmart company actually receives that money and can use it to uh, grow their business
1: yes so all the all the say for example how I'm not sure if you heard this term but how there's like market capitalization right which pretty much tells how big a company is so when you hear they say like tesla 1 billion market cap or apple trillion market cap or what have you they're talking about how much that company is worth how big is that company they're calculating that based on how many shares are out of that company so when you have a certain number of shares by the share price that's how much this company now is worth right just for you and i when you look at how much money we have in all of our accounts right if we sold all our savings accounts, everything else, our home. This is how much money our net worth would be worth if we actually got rid of everything that we had. This is how much we are worth. And it's kind of the same as a company. If they sold off all of those shares that they had, this is how much money this company would be worth. So they're selling wow. off parts of themselves to us, essentially. Um, so they could be a bigger company. So they could fund their business. So they could, you know, continue to do what they do. And we get a small portion of it, right?
0: Yeah, and I think that's the part that's um, extremely fascinating because you own this incredible you know, revenue generating, value providing business that is growing and growing. And who doesn't like to look at money and see it grow? You know, everybody always say, you know, you want your money to work for you. Uh, like Mr. Wonderful from uh, Shark Tank. Um, <laughs> now, I start to think, how, do, how does one begin to choose? You know, I think there's buzzwords like, oh, you got you to gotta buy Tesla, man. You got you to gotta buy Apple. You got to buy Google. But, you know, what are the, like, how does one go about intelligently uh, picking stocks?
1: So there are some basic things that you want to look at whether you're looking at a big company or you're looking at a small company right so even if it was just me and i was asking you like Tulu, do you want to invest into my company you want to know that you're going to get a rate of return back on your investment so you might want to know well how much are you making per year like what part of that is profit versus revenue? Like, um, yep. are there any incentives that you're giving me for being in your company? So these are certain things that you just look at at a regular company. You can look at Tesla and see how much money Tesla is making quarter after quarter. Is it growing? <laughs> like, is it getting mm-hmm. higher each quarter? How much profit are they making? Is that giving getting higher? Certain companies give dividends out to their shareholders, which is essentially, Residual income is extra money that they're giving you just for having stock in their company So you might want to know. Well, do they give dividends? Do they give me extra money just for buying stock into their company? You might want to look at other you know technical indicators like PE, which is price over earnings, or EPS, which is earning per shares. There's other little technical indicators that you could look at and compare it to their competitors to see who numbers are better. But there's just basic stuff that you can look at. You can look at their rate of return for the year to see... Okay, well, Tesla, you know, I'm making up this number. I don't know Tesla's actual rate of return for the year, but you can say, "Okay, Tesla did, you know, 30% rate of return this year, 30% growth compared maybe to a competitor, right, who've only did 20." So, Tesla is looking like a, a bigger um company or a better company. So, you also want to compare companies to their competitors, other companies within the same industry.
0: Yeah, I think that those are the things that, you know, stump people when they go look at stocks when they go look at the market because they don't know what they're looking at you know they're like oh, okay what do i choose guys if you're out there you're listening to my masterminds that are tuned in to all the new listeners look do not wait investing especially like the power of compound interest um you don't want to be at the end or like a situation in life where you're like, oh my God, they've only had started 15, 10, 20 years ago because every day makes, uh, it's every day adds. You know, it's incredible. So guys, Tedana's knowledge, you know, her passion, her excitement with this. Look, don't be somebody that, you know, 20 years down the line, you're like, I should have gotten started when I had the chance and you're listening to this today. Today's your chance, so we're gonna give you guys direct access to her, make sure you go follow her on IG, all her social media platforms, and tap in. Guys, look, something like this can only be a benefit, It's not a detriment at all, because you're learning about things, look, and really this is how you begin to build generational wealth this is how you begin to educate your children's children children you know a lot of these things can be passed down uh forever you know it can be something that could be the difference between somebody going to college somebody having that wedding somebody having that house you know an emergency happening so there's so many benefits with this that it, it really behooves you to take that time out and interact engage and get started so Donna, we just want to say we uh, thank you. We appreciate you for the decisions that you had to make, the sacrifice, the discipline, learning, the uh, investing in yourself to be of value and be a resource to the masses so that they can come and learn from you. All right. Until next time, my masterminders. Thank you for listening to the Mastermind Your Life podcast with Tolu Owoyemi. We hope you enjoy. Be sure to rate and review this podcast on your favorite listening platform and follow Tolu on Instagram at T-O-L-U dot O-W-O-Y-E-M-I. Keep mastering your life and we'll see you here next time.